Welcome, mighty listeners. It is episode 10. We are the two peas. I have spent about an hour um, bemoaning to Ben about work. Then I've got a coffee, gone out of the room, come back in and I'm buzzing. So, good evening, Ben. Good evening. Good evening. Double digits, man. Double digits. It's amazing, isn't it? I know. Um, if anybody has listened to us through all the way through to episode 10, we're really sorry. Um, <laughs> th- th- we don't yet offer a healthcare plan, but we are considering it uh, and definitely looking to get public liability insurance. And a helpline. We could set up a helpline. We could set up a helpline. Hello, the two peas. How can we help you? That's, so it could be your phone number. That's my posh phone voice. Anyway, <laughs> so tonight on the two peas, we go to the hobby desk. So I've travelled far and wide and played many a game and even won some. Uh, and Ben has been painting... No, he's not been painting. Everything. He's been building Nurgle Space Marines and uh, sacrificing Space Wolves on uh, a barbecue. So that's quite extreme. <laughs> <laughs> then we go into the Galaxy of War. We're going back to have another look at the Astra Militarum. Ben's got the Codex. He's been pouring over that. Into the Mortal Realms then. So a little bit more to say on Shadespire. Ooh, it's out there now. Lots of people have got it. We haven't got it yet. Uh, hint. Um, but <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we will be talking a bit about Shadespire. Then it's Hail to the Community. The winner is announced. So we did a competition we're going to let you know who's won the start collecting box set i will timestamp it if you really can't be bothered to listen to me wittering on um we got some mighty friends in the sustain fire podcast we want to talk about those guys and i'm off to games workshop coventry um next weekend so we'll talk a little bit about that and finally into the wild so some really exciting news today whiz kids have partnered up with games workshop so i've been able to sneak games workshop into the into the wild section yet again and ben and i are going to discuss that <laughs> is that everything ben i think so yeah i think so i'm very excited ben's here grab a drink <laughs> <laughs> we'll crack on I, cheers guys I, I turned up you know that's enough i turned up <laughs> Welcome back, guys, and uh, we'll kick off with the hobby desk. Um, just to mix things up a bit, thought we'd start with something different. <laughs> you meant to laugh, Dan. <laughs> so, um, actually, we've managed to pack in a ridiculous amount of hobby over the last two weeks, I think. So, I've been, uh, uh, I painted my Thunderwolves, finished those, been painting my Inceptors, Put together some Nurgle. Oh, you keep sending me photos of those as well. They're ace. Um, I've got some starting sort of ideas and playing around with some ideas for my Reavers as well. So I've been doing quite a bit of painting. That's the one with the black and the darker grey on it that you sent me today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. What did you decide on that? Oh, it's a tough one because... Um, it's one of those rare occasions where you send me a picture of something you've painted and... I'm like, mm, I'm not sure. So I, the execution is ace, but I just, I don't know. I, I, it's the patchwork thing. Yeah. So what I've done is um, I've gone for all the lower areas in the plate in black, which will get highlighted up to a charcoal-y grey. Um, and then the raised areas of plate, I'm going to do in a slightly toned-down version of the space grey. I think gray. perhaps... Uh, uh, if it, I think less contrast between the two colours would be better. 
Mm. You don't have to well, I think agree. When I'm the black saying. tie loaded up a bit. <laughs> well, I was going for a darker kind of meaner oh. look um, to to mark them out as being different. Uh, it's quite hard, isn't it? Because it's a totally different yes. set of power armor, and I didn't I didn't want to go with the light blue because that kind of didn't make no. any sense to me. What about for a stealth unit? So I've gone with corn the... red. Yeah. Hey, come on! It was a theme in episode one. It might as well be the theme in episode ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to go with that. Although, having said that, his hands are corn red. I thought that would—I um, don't know why he did his hands corn red. I was talking to Alexander about it today, and it just—it just, just came to me. I thought oh, I'll do his, I'll do his fingers red. Um, and he said he thought it looked—it reminded him of the blood claws. So I've kind of got this thing in my head that it's a squad that knows that they're new to the Space Wolves um, and they've painted their fingers red to say that they recognise they're kind of new to the club. That's ace. Um, and they're going to prove themselves. That's, I love how that sort of... You've you've painted something just, I don't know, because the mood took you on, on As a whimsy. Yeah, and, and now yeah. it's sort of leading into this little story. That's fantastic. Yeah. So that's that's them. Um, I was only just tinkering around with colours with that. I'll, you know what? I'll pop some photos. Uh, photo, be able to speak in a sentence by the time we get to the end of the episode. Um, I'll pop some photos up on um, Facebook and see what people think. And because it is it is different from the space of colour scheme, but I'm trying to make them look different. And you didn't like it, but um, uh, Rob and Alex thought it was okay. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it will divide opinion, and I think that's probably fine with me. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and the Inceptors are coming on nicely. Yeah, um, that guy that's crashing into the floor. Amazing. Yeah. Do you remember doing a crashing? Do you? That's a theme because you. Do you remember doing the the building you did when we worked at Games Workshop where you had a drop pod crashing through? Yeah, that I landed. loved that. That was amazing. Yeah, that was really good. That that worked much better than I hoped it would actually. When I had the image in my head, that didn't turn out. You can build one of those for my city when I get round to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, after I built mine. <laughs> you can pay okay. for the drop pod, though. So one of the things I don't really get with the Primaris is this whole idea that their armor's brand new. And, yeah, okay, I, I can buy into the fact that it's new compared to the other Space Marines' armor, but it's still a 100 years of combat, and it's still being dropped from orbit, mm. <laughs> if you see what I mean. So I thought, well, no, it's going to have... It's going to have kind of um, chips taken off of it as they're flying into the battlefield. It's, it's going to. I'm going to have like black and sootiness coming off of it where they've got re-entry burns. I'm going to go for all of those things. I really sort of make it look like they've, yeah, they've come in. Yeah, that's a great hot. idea. I like the idea on the Inceptors. It's, I suppose the interesting thing is how far do you go? Because yeah. if you're going to say like the heat got so intense that it's burned their armour, like it's done those re-entry stuff like would it not just have got so intense that it's all gone well no and yes oh, I oh think, okay <laughs> I, th- I think what i think what i'm imagining is like the, the heat at the edges is enough that it's sort of heating up and then burning across the surface if you see what i mean okay yeah um I am very sure that the physics of what I'm talking about are completely different from what I actually <laughs> think they are. <laughs> but but I, I just want to create that kind of impression. And I've specifically not put any wolf pelts or tails on them because I reckoned as they were coming in, they would all burn away. Yes, yeah. So I didn't really see the point. 
I'm a bit kind of funny about the fact they've got purity seals on because I think they'd have gone, but the wax would have just melted off. They actually come in, I think, in Dark Imperium, don't they come in? Low orbit. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't, yeah, it comes down quite low, doesn't yeah. it? And then, which is very similar to, there's a game called Drop Zone Commander. Yeah which is all about drop troops. Really, really good uh, 10 mil scale thing. Um, and that's got massive craft that come into like low orbit and then like disgorge masses of dudes. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk about it too much because I got really excited about it once and bought and painted massive army and then went off on to do something else. <laughs> yeah. Which is not like me at all. But anyway, that's, that's them. I think they're well on the way to being finished. I, I think I'm just about catching up with my um, with my target for this uh, this tournament. Actually, I thought I wasn't completed. Oh, so I've got once I've done those, I've got the five reavers and five intercessors and a few characters. So, and I've got a month to do it. Eek. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that is like, well. You you know, it could be me and you up late painting the night before. Yeah, it could be. I think I'm going to just, uh, with the next bunch, I'm going to just try and um, going to do them all at once, in all the colours all at once, so it, they may not be finished, but they'll at least they'll be painted. <laughs> Which is disappointing. Yeah. But Get the three colours on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I put together the Nurgle, which you've not let me forget. Nope, and there's a uh, an upcoming post to remind <laughs> people as well about midweek, just in case, if they do start to forget, <laughs> just... Slap that in there, oh, but... you and your preemptive strikes. Well, yeah, but dude, I'm... <laughs> that's because I was sat there taking <laughs> photos of you. <laughs> I'm. Do you know what? I'm really, really surprised by them. Actually, um, I don't know why I was surprised by them. Not because they were chaos, but I think what is constantly amazing me is the is the level of detail, the quality of starter kit models. If someone released those models mm. as a box set, I'd have been happy. I'd have thought this is good quality. You know, it's excellent. I mean, just comparing them to the last starters kit, it, it's it's a, it's a quantum leap. It's ridiculous. Um, and I think... What amazes me always is you kind of think, oh, you know, where can they go from here? And there's always somewhere they can go from yeah. there. Yeah, there is. You, you look at second edition to third edition, and the Space Marines in third edition were just incredible. Yeah. And then... Fourth Battle for McCrag was almost like a middle. Well, Battle for McCrag, I think, was a step back. I think, I think, but I think it was a step back to go forward because you saw some. You basically in three in um, uh, oh goodness, version two was quite monopose, yeah. basic to build, wasn't it? And then version three, they tried to go for nicer models. But they were more challenging to build. Well, they were the same so models four, as you got released in the boxes. Exactly yeah. the same, weren't they? So four was going back to that more monopose. Then five was Black Reach when they started to get the stride, and people were like, "Oh, these are pretty cool." And then it, it you know, then Dark Vengeance and so on and so forth, and it really took off this idea of these sort of one pose models. Because I remember, especially when uh, Fantasy came out with the elves in yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I remember before it came out, there was talk about, you know, our one pose models or, you know, two part models and a real concern about what they would be like. And when it came out, well, yeah. Well, I don't. Pretty I awesome. don't know 
really why there would have been any concern because Skull Pass was <laughs> was literally the box of one pose models. <laughs> yeah, but you you do know why there's a concern because there's always a concern. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that is true. Everyone gets worried. But then I, I was thinking, you know, was putting together, was painting the Reavers today, and I was thinking how much they bothered me when I first saw them and thought, oh, they just didn't look like Space Marines and. And now I've put them together and I've painted them. They feel like a space marine to me, just like any other space marine. And I, I was thinking, I was, as I was painting them, I, I just got to learn sometimes. I think to sit back and trust them, and think I'll make I'll make my final decision when I've actually finished the model. Yeah, yeah. Gaming wise, I've done nothing, dude. No, that's not true. And it's another chaos game. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you'll, you'll be glad to know there's a post about that as well. <laughs> well we played Gore Chosen. That's the only game I've played in two weeks. Didn't you lose your head? I did. It got cut off. <laughs> but I think it's because some maniac, the moment the game started, came running at me and tried to kill me. I don't know who that was. No, I can't imagine who that was. <laughs> but in my defence, I think that maniac died first, so... Yeah, he did. <laughs> it was absolutely dire. It was so bad as well. I built up all my wrath. So I was like raging. I was like, I'm going to get loads of cards. And then I got my action cards and I was like, these are shocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was bad. And then Tom just turned around and battered me Well, because that... he got all the cards that should have been mine. I don't know what I'd done to upset Corn. Well, many things. Perhaps um, going to Elder for a week probably did it. I no idea. <laughs> so that's my that's my hobby desk. Um, so a fair bit of painting. Enjoyed myself, um, but not much gaming. But I think yours is the opposite way around, isn't it? No, I haven't really done anything. Nothing except go all the way to Cornwall. Yeah. So um, I travelled down to some friends and I uh, hired a lodge. Um, rather swish little lodge, it turned out, um, and travelled away for the weekend to set up and play games. Took far too much stuff. Um, filled up Ben Ben Ch- Chambers's car. Uh, didn't use about half of it, <laughs> but managed to get three games in. So two Age of Sigmar and um, a, a 40k game, as well as two games of Dreadfleet, would you believe? Uh, we didn't have any rum, sadly, but a couple of beers, that was good. <laughs> And uh, and also Gore Chosen. So the miracle of the weekend was that I won all three of my, uh, well, my two Age of Sigmar and my my 40k game. So the, the moral of the story is that I need to play all my games in Cornwall. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm up for that. Yeah, well, you'll be <clears throat> yeah, happy. Yeah. So, yeah, really, really interesting. So um, two games of Age of Sigmar spent loads of time talking to Dan Wosley because we played a game at before that, before I went away, and um, despite being into combat on turn one and knocking out the loads of mortal wounds, I still couldn't didn't have the longevity. So we spent some time looking over the list. Um, ended up putting in the Gore Pilgrims, which allows you to expand the range of the banner um, that makes everyone immune to battle shock, gives them plus one attack. So that was rather effective. It turns out that that. Uh, Lists or variants on that list actually came third and tenth in the grand tournament. Did it? Um, so that's. Uh, <laughs> I was like, damn it, now it's going to look like we just did that anyway, but whatever. <laughs> um, it was really cool. Loads of stuff died. So, yeah, played Dan. Um, 
still a, a close battle because you still, you know, you can build a great list or copy a great list if you wish, but you've got to learn to use it. So still a really good battle. Um, Dan had Dryker. She is horrendous, especially when you've got hordes like I had. I think I had 182 wounds in my list. Really? Um, yeah. And Dryker has an ability where you roll a dice for anyone within, I think it's 10 inches of her. And on a five or a six, I can't remember, they take a mortal wound, which when you surround her with 40 guys, bad times. So, <laughs> um, but I didn't run away. I got the maximum 36 inch radius on my banner, um, dealt the mortal wounds, and I had him. Yeah. I, I was rather pleased. I tried to stay calm, like towards the end of the battle, but then I just lost it. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and my second game of Age of Sigmar the next day was against uh, some Stormcast, Mike, um, Mike Stormcast, and he has Caradron Overlords in there as well. Yeah, and he did, it was amazing because Mike <laughs> didn't have it didn't have the the book the Stormcast book, so he didn't know about any of the shenanigans, any of that gubbins, and we still had a battle which came down to the wire. So I'm I'm gonna focus on the fact that I won. But inside, I'm a bit like, oh, my goodness. Uh, but Mike is is very astute general. So he's been telling me today that he's going to build a list with six Knight Hereldors in it, <laughs> which are the guys with the trumpets. So the marching band comes back to mind again. <laughs> well, um, except that yours will be shiny and mine will be a ragtag Mate, bunch it's of insane. So the, the, <laughs> do, I, do you know what the Knight Heraldor does? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, so he's the one that you pick a piece of scenery and anyone within any unit within D6 inches takes D3 mortal wounds. Yeah. So he's found a battalion that gives that extra range. So it's it's you pick a piece of scenery within 25 inches instead of 15, and then he's on about having six of them. So, yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting, the Heralda, because I was like, I don't want to stand next to that terrain. I don't want to stand next to... Oh, I don't want to go there. Oh, no, I don't want to go there. I even went and had to get a Diet Coke twice. Yeah. Because I had to walk away from the table and come back during setup, <laughs> it freaked me right out. So that was uh, interesting. But yeah, really, really well done to Mike um, for that. And I'm not looking forward to what he comes up with. Well, now he's now he's got the taste for it. Now he's well, he's got the book now. He told me today he's got the book now. So that's uh, great. <laughs> Don't sound um, too happy. And, <laughs> oh, that's great. He might know the <laughs> rules now. Damn it! <laughs> oh no! No. Um, this is the same Mike though, who in our, uh, um, just who do we think we are? I talk about how he introduced me to the hobby, but always won, even though suspiciously, cause I didn't know the rules and he knew. Revenge the rules. is sweet. Um, yeah, <laughs> if it, even if it only happens once ever. So, <laughs> and then I played, um, Ben Chambers is, uh, really, really gorgeous Mechanicum. Yeah. They look um, nice in the photos. I've seen really lovely painting. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, they're lovely. He's done like a yellow scheme, a muted yellow scheme, which looks really nice. Um, really nice bases. Great. It's always great playing Ben. Uh, again, quite an astute general. Um, the corn managed to pull out a win, which was great news. Obviously, I was over the moon. Uh, Belisarius Cool is a flipping legend. He is ridiculous. He's just like right, my pretties. He gives he could, gets all those big arms, and he gives all the Mechanicum units within nine inches a cuddle. <laughs> And it makes them amazing. <laughs> so lots of re-rolls, um, lots of buffs. So yeah, he, he is really, really good. Um, 
Not so good when your corn lord puts an axe through his cyber star. Though. But I was happy. I was happy with that. Um, And then, like I said, Dreadfleet. Played a couple of games of Dreadfleet. I haven't played that in ages. Not since it came out in the shop, I don't think. And I was dressed as a pirate intro. I I haven't played it. Have you not? No, no, I've never played it. We'll be needing to sort that out, (laughs) me lad. I've never never played Man of War uh, either. Yeah. My boss dressed as Jack Sparrow when uh, when they 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 were talking about doing that or doing that even so yeah that was uh, that was great it was good fun and um, it's nice because it's all painted up and in the box so you just get out it's like a big board game really did you paint um, it no no a good friend of mine Gareth um, up here I gave him a load of Skaven as a a small hairy bribe to oh, paint right. them uh, and he and he painted them so that's good. Um, and we also played Gore Chosen, which you've obviously said. So lots of gaming, um, lots of food, good times. It was a, and it's a good idea. Home. I think it might be something we have to do more, or at least annually. Yeah, well, we're we're working. I'm we're doing annual leave picks at work, and I'm I'm already got in mind a date in October or around October where no October or November, because the good thing about those dates is you do them away from the holidays, so it keeps yeah. the price down. Um, but yeah, it's it's really nice because what's cool is you play your game and then you get to chill and socialise. So Brad, we'll talk about Brad a bit later, but um, he came over uh, on the Saturday and just built models, chill, chatted about Black Library. He loves Black Library. He yeah. up on Black Library. And, and he didn't play any games, but he did some hobby. We had a good chat because we had like the sofa area yeah. set up. We got managed to get two gaming tables in. The sofa area was set up. Big kitchen with... We used the um, uh, breakfast bar as like the painting station. Yeah. All we needed was one of those racks from Games Workshop full of product, and then we would have had our own hobby shop. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it was good. Talking of which, I found a hobby shop. We went into into Callington, which was the t- the closest town, and the guys were like, "Well, we need to go into Spa." So they went into Spa. Come out. Where's Dan gone? And I come back up the road holding a box of blood letters. <laughs> Because <laughs> I've managed to find this new. So you can smell them. Which sold Warhammer. I could. I could <laughs> smell them. I could smell the disturbance in the warp. <laughs> is it part of your uh, Red Body Plane Club? Is he a member yes, of that? <laughs> that is what it is, yeah. Yeah. And then the rage of corn descended because Tom had bought some um, some scones from Devon. And we were in Cornwall for crying out loud. And then later it just got insane and he started putting the cream on first. But. You know, listeners around the world are going to be like, "What? What is this crazy guy on about?" But I am telling you now, it was wrong. There is only one it, way it to do. Really there's bad. only one way to put cream and jam on a scone. Absolutely, doesn't matter what anyone says. So, <laughs> and and I know yeah, one of so our listeners is uh, is uh, actually produces clotted cream as as his living. Um, and he'll completely disagree with me because he's in Devon. <laughs> I was going to say he'll disagree, he will, though, doesn't yeah. he? Mighty fine clotted cream it is Lang- too. Language uh, um, firm. Ev- even if they, even if they don't know, how much royalties are you getting from promoting Language Farm? I don't know, but I'm hoping. Because I, I'm happy to be paid it, in ice cream. I was going to say, like, hopefully, I, you'll bring me you a know. tub of ice cream. <laughs> or cream. You could, you could teach it. We could, if we get one of those massive tubs, it might be enough to get him. You know, like how you make people write yeah, lines. Yeah. Just get him to put. <laughs> yeah. You know, scone, jam, cream, scone, <laughs> yes. jam, cream. They're just multiple times until it yep. sinks in. 
In fact, yes. I didn't sustain fire say that they were going to have um, in a, in a game that we play against them in uh, in Warhammer World they were going to buy us scones. Did they? Yeah, yeah. That was the. Why haven't we arranged this yet? <laughs> I don't then? Know. Well, that was the agreement. We said tea and scones, and we'd do it. Oh yes, right. Well, there we go. Needs to be done. But if I see any any travesty like that, I will be wigging out. <laughs> Cream first, and Dan so, goes mental. Do you think we've gone a little bit off topic? <laughs> no, no, we never go off topic. <laughs> so it's probably a good time <laughs> to move into the galaxy of war. So, um, guys, thank you very much for joining us, chatting about some culinary delights there. If you have no idea what we're talking about, I'll put a post up about it, I think. (laughs) And a link to Langage Farm. (laughs) Not that we're digging for that free cream or anything. Guys, thank you very much for listening. (laughs) Grab some refreshments and we'll be back with you soon. Welcome back, guys. We are in the grim darkness of the galaxy of war, and we want to talk about some Astra Militarum, which we did cover a bit last time. But since then, Ben has bought the Codex. It's, yeah, I think we need them earlier, really. Or we'll talk about things later. Are we going to do this in every segment? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, you laugh. I am. <laughs> but dude, isn't it beautiful? Have you seen it? Uh, I've I've literally, as we were talking, just downloaded it. Okay. Well, I can't do that with mine. I have them hard copies, so there's no way that I can go, hmm, whimsically, I'd like to have this and go out and well, buy it. Well, okay, so <laughs> what was the thought process that went to you getting that one? This one? Hmm. I don't know, actually. No, so you don't even know why you bought it. At least I've no. sat down here and thought, oh, we're going to do a segment on this, and I'd quite like this. Um, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get back in your box. One nil <laughs> to the jolly. Anyway, more singing. Flipping heck. Right. So, what do you think of it? I think it's stunning. Yeah? I really do. I, okay, so whenever I come to these things, I, I come at them from a, a more of a fluffy, hob, um, backgroundy kind of position before way before I get into crunching the rules, which I haven't even got close to, but this book, dude, is just gorgeous. Everything from like everything that I'm expecting from a new games workshop book is it is just it's just so good. I mean, I think the thing I like about it the most is the new artwork because I mean, there's a dude sat by a tank eating his dinner. Where it's is amazing. that? Then? What, what what page is that on? That's um. That's in the Regiments of Distinction, um, on Armoured Regiments, the Basilisk Shell Loader from the Cadian 781st Artillery Regiment, and he's leaning against the side of his tank, eating his scran. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, that's the sort of stuff that really brings these worlds to life, I think. Oh, rather yeah, than, that's fantastic. Rather than sort of all of the... the although they're good, like, you know, the front cover... Are, of all the books, have got these sort of epic pictures of you know soldiers six inches from an enemy that they'd rather not be a mile of, uh, within a mile of. But you know the, the pictures of just people existing, like the Cadians and the Catashans, like just milling around with a gun on his shoulder. And uh, it's really you know, interesting that they've 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 gone with the theme of getting the Cadian armor out into other regiments, isn't it? Y- yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, that Mordian tank commander looks amazing. So it does, doesn't it? And those Ventrillian nobles. Yeah. It's interesting because I was going through my bits box and I've got a load of like the feathers that go on the heads. The Ventrillian um, nobles, I don't reckon you'll see very often because they use this, the head, the heads from the Pistoliers box, and that's that's a lot of Pistoliers just to do a regiment. That is a lot of Pistoliers. Look at that in in Degan Prefect. He's definitely yeah. that's like Skatari stuff, isn't it? And you were saying about that with the kits, weren't you, last time? Yep. Now that guy, Athonian Tunnel Rat. Yeah. He looks like he's on my side, mate. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> he does a bit, doesn't he? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you want to do, isn't it, Dan? If we Let's just cut, cut to the chase. Dan wants to do a Chaos Guard regiment. Yeah, I do. Which, so, even saying those words makes my mouth fur up like a badger's ass. Now that is an incredible... Uh, image to put in our listeners' minds, isn't it? Yeah. Well done, you. So, more importantly, yes, that is what I want to do. So, I have this thing, uh, and I talk about it quite often, about how space marines are not all over the Imperium all the time fighting in every battle en masse. So, I really like the visual of, I love the idea, Imperial-wise, if we're talking Imperium, of massive guard army in battle, yep. and then supported by you know a couple of squads of marines that come in in drop pods. So if you were if you were going to put a two thousand point marine army on the table, to my mind, you're talking ten to twenty thousand points of guard yep. to make that look closer to how I imagine it it is in the Imperium. Yeah, and even yeah, then, definitely. it's probably not close. So, so this thing about guard for me is all about creating the similar thing. But for chaos, because if you read, especially Dan Abnett's stuff, um, the the first and only stuff, which is the the first stuff that I really read, um, yeah. and a lot of people, the first stuff a lot of people read, because it's some of the early stuff the Black Library did. That really. And actually, if you read the prologue it. in the new version of that, sorry to cut in, Dan. If you if you read the prologue in first and only in the new reprint, it's a there's a um, prologue by Dan Abnett. And he was saying how a lot of the words that he coined in that book are now common parlance, like Voxcaster and Prometheum. They're, they're part of the very fabric of what makes up 40k, and he yep. made those words up for first and only. Absolutely. I, so anybody that's vaguely interested in 40k <laughs> should be reading those and like his Inquisitor books. But in those, so there's a fantastic scene really cool and they're attacking this world uh and they get through the lines and they get into um a place which where it goes to like i think it goes to the armory it's been a really long long time so i'm I'm butchering it completely but basically they're fighting off chaos cultists and there's cultists everywhere everywhere. and then the lift comes down and a chaos space marine comes out yeah and they just flipping wig out because there's a chaos (laughs) there's one chaos marine so similar concept i want to create like a, a mass of chaos troops but i don't just want loads and loads of hordes of cultists um you know i want an, a, a chaos army yes I, but yeah. i also i don't what i don't want to do is go oh well these guys only turned yesterday so they look exactly like my imperial guard yeah um, so i shared a post for victoria miniatures a while ago and yeah. I've been looking at them for little backpacks because I like the idea of they'd be in the field 
it's got to be something though that re- really that I can base off the Cadians because to make it accessible, um, yeah. or the Chaos Cultists. So the current plan is do all your bods, so your platoons of dudes with the Chaos Cultists because you've got auto gun ones, and I can convert up some of the some of them and. Victoria miniatures do these really cool gun carriages that look more like the Deathcore of Krieg ones, the sort of World yeah. War One styly. You know, we've dragged this out of the back of a shed. Uh, yes. You know, it's an upturned wheelbarrow with a stubber on it, or what have you. Mm. Um, and do that for the for the grunts. Um, tanks would be fairly similar, but with a bit more rusting and weathering on than you'd expect. Uh, and there's some good stencils out there for like Chaos Stars. And then for the more elite, use the Forge World. They've got like in Chaos Enforcers. They do, um, yeah. And more of the like Puppets of War do some really cool Skull Helms um, and use more of that and flesh yeah. it out that way. Um, that's sort of the concept anyway. Uh, and then from a gaming perspective, I... <laughs> If I understand it right, and I am still getting my head around it, so if I'm wrong, I'm happy to be corrected. As long as, although they will obviously all have the Imperium keyword, so it doesn't matter for a friendly game, because, you know, as long as we agree, they can just have the Chaos keyword, um, or what have you. But if I want to go to an event and use them, which would be quite cool, if as long as they, they're all in their own detachment, I don't think that they will break the the the, the, the yeah. bound. I don't know if it's what's it called now. Is it called bound or is that seventh? Um, forged, isn't it? Battle forge. That's right. Battle forge. So, um, isn't there um, isn't there forge world rules for um, chaos guard? Because they have chaos models, chaos guard models on forge world. There are, but being comp- because I'm obviously very much driven by you know, using and how much I like all the models, um, those rules don't let Lehman Russes shoot twice. <laughs> <laughs> can't have everything, dude. Maybe you Chaos can't is have crappy driving no, To be honest, um, <laughs> there is. I haven't really looked at them, to be honest, mate. I, I need to. Um, mm. But as I've said to you recently, I'm trying to have a bit of a restructure on hobby. And get to a finishing place. one thing before, yeah, because and that's worth talking about, isn't it? Because you kind of got a bit overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that you had just lying around waiting to do. Yeah, I got completely um, overwhelmed because the trouble is, what happens is I get excited about a new project and I want to dig into it, but then I feel held back because I think I feel bad and I think, oh, I need you know, I need to paint some of that first or I've got to do that, and then I get frustrated. And because I'm frustrated, I don't really want to do anything. And then it just go in these cycles. And yeah. I find that the high point for me in the hobby is when I finish a unit. Yeah. So absolutely. what happens is yeah. I'll, I'll go into a project quite excited. Then it will slow down. And then it will get quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker leading up to completion. But then, then the risk is the closer I get to completion, I think oh, I've only got a little bit to do on that, so I can start this thing over here, and then that doesn't get done. So it's getting that balance. Um, so what I decided to do is um, I've been clearing out a lot of old projects. Um, I have, 
as I alluded to with Dreadfleet, a couple of the boxed games that I want to keep because I want to play them. I've got other people uh, painting them up um, and I've put out uh, a couple of requ requests uh, to get some quotes because, you know, it's not cheap having models painted because it's a, no, it's a time not. time factor. Um, you know, not not knocking the value. It's it's great value. It's it's just expensive. Um, and just trying to get back to a place where the miniatures that I own are either connected to my core project, which is corn, or they're painted. Yeah. And and yeah. it's the same with scenery. So I, I've got loads of scenery that needs painting. I'm, I'm keeping all of that, but then I want to build some scenery because I don't want to be in 10 years time just surrounded by loads of stuff I've spent loads of money on, but it's not, I'm not getting anything out of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and even if that means that moving forward, I have the same hobby budget, but I buy less soldiers because I get some of them painted for me or what have you. I'm okay with that, or yeah. I need to try and be okay with that because, like, I really want to explore World War Two, and I really want to explore Napoleonic battles, and I want to explore other armies, and I want to do other stuff for Age of Sigma. But there's only so much time in the day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you have to clear the decks. Yeah, yeah. We don't easy. have to, you know, you don't have to do it, and I've done it before. I paid for our kitchen with it. <laughs> so yeah, um, that just goes to show how much stock you build up when you're working for Games Workshop. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you get, do. You get caught in the moment and just end up buying stuff. All I did, and I know you did. Um, well, yeah, because you 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 will always paint faster in your head than you can in reality. Isn't that pretty much my catchphrase for the last ten episodes? Is they took me longer than I thought. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that is... If Rob Rob's catchphrase is Robject, mine is, they took me longer. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was just uh, looking, to go back to what we were saying, it, factions, it's... Yeah, basically, detachments require often, I think all the ones in the books require, um, the unit belongs... The factions... Da, 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 must uh, require all units included in it to be from the same faction. So what I wouldn't be able to do is say, right, I've got a patrol detachment and the HQ is from my guard and then yeah. everybody else is from the Chaos Marines, for example. Um, so that's quite cool. Well, you might struggle with it in a tournament, I think. Well, not by the rules. Yeah, I suppose. Not unless there's something I've missed, which, as I say, I'm happy for people to correct me on. Or the tournament itself says, you know, to be battle-forged, the whole force must have a common keyword. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, you, you know, it wouldn't be something I wouldn't expect to see. And I would imagine as well, if you built it... Well, I'll have a look. I'll have a look, because it might be better to go with the Forge World option. So, so um, going back it. to the Codex... Yeah, go, go and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After a little detour, but um, I, I'm really, really very happy with the amount of background that's in there. I mean, I still haven't finished reading it, and I've had it for a week. Um, the artwork is fantastic, and I've looked at the rules a little bit, and it's actually helped because one of my friends has started a guard army. Um, 
other than Alexander. And he's been sort of knocking rules around, seeing if he's got it right in his head, because he's just got back into 40k after... I think he used to play Warhammer Fantasy Battle, but he's never played 40k, so that's quite cool. And there's some interesting things that we've managed to tease out, namely to do with the amount of points that things cost. Um, one thing that we came across, which I'm going to have to bring up, because it just stunned me, is the cost of mortars. It's ridiculous. Um, and it, it wasn't until I was reading that that I realised why the mortar and conscript army had become such a thing. But um, 23... 23 points for uh, for three mortars, which I reckon for 230 points is 30 mortars, which is just... <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's just wrong, isn't it? <laughs> and it's not much more for heavy bolters, frankly. So that's quite tasty, <laughs> among other things. Um, I ha- like I said, I haven't got down around to crunching the rules yet, but... Um, just picking little things like that out. It does look like it's, this is a real goer as an army. Mate, I'm sorry. I like. I, I'm just flicking through while you're talking, flicking through the book, and there's a page. I think it's page 160, and it's yeah. an army shot of those Ventrillian nobles. Yeah, I've just seen that. Actually. Mate, that's amazing. Those gun carriages, exactly what I was just talking about. It is. Yeah, I, I was wondering how they did it actually. Can you think of what they've used for the carriage? There's going to be loads of book flicking sounds in the back of this episode section. Mm. Well, the <laughs> well, wi- the wheels are um, they're off like mm. the old. They look like they're off the old cannon kits. They do, don't they? Uh, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're mounted on. They're, I don't know, but that's what you get when you've got a a bits box like that. Yeah. Although absolutely. interestingly, like. Obviously, the pistolier heads, if they're just the pistolier heads uniquely, then that's not the most accessible thing in the world, obviously. But other than that, the models are mostly, they're just the Cadians. Yeah, Cadians with the pistolier heads. Yeah, so I I would imagine you can get a head suitable. That guy back there's got a flipping head off the light magic wizard. That's brilliant. Look at his I was going to point that out. Yeah, it's like a little... um... It's ridiculous. He looks like Nagash. <laughs> he, look, he, does, he looks like extreme sharp. <laughs> Doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Oh, mate, this is amazing. I'm loving this book. Yeah, so, um, Astra Militarum. <clears throat> so, so on that thing about, you know, slimming down my, my collection, I want to do these guys now. Do you? <laughs> That's a th- tough thing when you buy new codexes. You end up wanting to do them as an army. Yeah. And it's a little bit army, of a shame. It's a little bit of a shame that I know, like, I'm pleased to see the kit bashing because it does look cool. Yeah. But it does sort of indicate that we're not going to see more plastic guard regiments in the near future, doesn't it? Oh, I don't know, mate. I really don't. I think we, we haven't seen. Any new models apart from Primaris and Death Guard. And they're coming out, the codexes are coming out at a speed I've never seen them come out before at this kind of speed. Yeah. And I, I think, I think perhaps, I think perhaps next year when all the codexes are out, we're going to start to see the models being released. And I think, I, I don't think you can rule anything out is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Well, we, you know, with the things going on at the moment, I mean, Gilliman came back and, 
Mortarian yeah. and all the rest of it. You wouldn't want to. You'd be a fool to to rule anything out, mate. Oh my goodness, sorry, man. I'm just going through, and they've done some great stuff. I found one here now. as a picture of a guy stood on the sponsor of a Lehman Russ on the Vox. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. I've always wanted to do the the Vox panels on the back of um, tanks like they had in World War Two. Yeah, the phone mounted on the back of the tank so yes, they could talk yeah. to the crew. Yeah. Um, I don't quite know how you'd model that, but um, I th- I've always thought that that would look really cool because that was one of my favourite things. Pacific, the series, is that kind of cool interaction with the tanks. Mm. The rest of it is just difficult watching. <laughs> yeah. um, good, excellent series, but difficult watching. Um, yeah. So what do you, as an Eldar player, Dan... <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I just go and get... My evil twin. <laughs> so, as an Eldar player, what do you think of the sneaky little rules that are coming out? So, as a complete bystander and solid <laughs> adherent to the Chaos Faith, yeah, um, yeah, the Avatar Resurgent is a bit of a kick in the balls, isn't it? After you've just spent all that time killing him. Yes. That is flipping amazing. <laughs> just like... Hello. I love it though. I love the idea. I can vis- I can envisage it. You know, yeah. it finally slowing and dissipating and then bursting back into flames and life out of the out of the the remains is is amazing, isn't it? It is, um, yeah. Seems it quite is. flavorful as well. I must admit I've only really looked at the detail on the Biltan. Um Yeah. I I noticed that the the Sanheim or or what have you have come back have popped up. Um, they have, yeah. They came out to the, well, the rules were leaked today, um, and we had, Thursday. I don't think it's really a leak, is it? They've actually just put them up. Well, yeah, well, the sneak peeked. Let's call it sneak peeked. Reroll charge rolls. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's cool. That's and, but, what you'd expect. Uh, fire and fade. Ooh, that's cool. Bit of extra movement. Yeah. Uh, how so, about the rules for the jet bikes? Uh. So they're cool stuff. They're core stuff. So they've gone down in points. What am I looking for, man? Where am I looking? Uh, they don't get any effect from moving when they're shooting. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. And the Vipers, uh, the Viper now counts as uh, as a bike as well. Ooh. Yeah, some pretty cool stuff there. So that's I think... pretty cool. I'm, I'm more drawn to this, which is the... Five reasons to despise the perfidious Eldari. <laughs> Forces of the over-specialized and inflexible aspect warriors. Yeah. Abhorrent yeah. ghost constructs, deviant witches, and untrained levy stru- levy troops. Excellent. Okay. Well, I'm feeling confident to go into battle with those guys now. Is this the ah uh... oh, the re- regimental standard? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the regimental standard is absolutely... Oh, here we go. So, attention, guardsmen. Do you truly possess the zeal to purge the Eldari? So, they have no respect for the dead. There we go. They're over-specialised. That is a reason to hate them. (laughs) I love it. I wonder what they feel about the uh, Primaris. Yeah. They (laughs) call... (laughs) The Eldari covet the might of our tanks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it is well known that they envy our heavy armour lacking the mechanical talent of the Adeptus Mechanicus <laughs> instead forced to rely on brittle and unreliable psychoplastics 
<laughs> Do not waste crack missiles on assaulting these vehicles. A stone thrown with enough force should more than suffice. <laughs> <laughs> the irony is, actually, a space room would be fine, but that's brilliant. Oh, and, an, and a fifth version, they've never lifted a finger to help mankind. Well, that oh, I can believe. Brilliant. So, with, on, <laughs> yeah. on that amazing I, piece of, uh, go on, you were gonna. I was just gonna say, there's, there's just, there's always the footnotes, isn't it? And it says, in, in reference to the, the fact that they don't respect their dead, it says, worry not, guardsmen. When you die, your remains will be treated with utmost respect. You may find yourself interred within a wall of martyrs, transformed into a servo skull, or for chapter serfs, reborn as a righteous weapon, entombed in a sky spear warhead. <laughs> Brilliant. So on that note, I think we ought to move on to Shadespire, dude. I think so, sir. Off we go from the galaxy of war and into the glorious mortal realms. Guys, grab some refreshment. We'll be back soon. Welcome back, guys, to the Mortal Realm. So, normally this is where Ben and I witter on about some cool stuff we've seen in the realms. However, exciting times, finally, after me spending all this time talking about what I will be doing with Shadespire when it eventually turns up. Um, it's, well, it's not here yet, but it will be here um, in a couple of days' time. So, we are going to do a bit of an unboxing. Unfortunately, Ben can't come all the way from Cornwall, so I found another Ben. Um, <laughs> so Ben Chambers is going to join me on the Shadespar adventure. He's going to be painting up the um, the Stormcast. I'm going to be doing the corn, uh, and we'll be doing a number of posts about that. But for now, we'll go over to us of the future and find out what we found when we started unboxing Shadespar. Hi guys, so I'm here with Ben. Um, talked about Ben a few times and his Mechanicum and how cool he is at basing and how he. Screwed me over by using the knight in our first game, um, which he still says was allowed because I said it was okay, but I didn't know what I was going to be facing. And a wraith knight, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Hi, guys. Another Ben. Yeah, that was your fault. You wanted to do a big game. And I said, look, this is the only way I can do it. That's uh, the only way I could put an army together that was, you know, not just grey plastic pieces. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. But anyway, moving and putting that to one side. So Ben has kindly uh, agreed to get involved with me doing the Warhammer Underworld Shadespire box. So we mentioned a couple of episodes back, we're going to go on our hobby journey, really. Opening up the box, looking through it, our initial reaction. Then we're going to paint up the models over the next couple of weeks, do some posts about that. Um, play the game and just really you know it's how did we find it so there's some great reviews out there there's some great battle reports online um you know those are still great go see those but this is just our experience really so yeah it's cool i'm quite looking forward to it now I, initially when they announced chase i wasn't sure i've never done a deck building game of any kind so this will be very new for me but over the last couple of weeks with more stuff getting released yeah i'm very much looking forward to having a go what what have you seen that's excited you the most? Uh, I, I always a sucker for good models. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure everyone now has seen the Duncan videos and his painted ones and the corn in that video. They look it looks awesome. That's one thing. And so they put up a video today to do with like the the structure of how you play. 
and it looked very different. And I've always had keen to have a go at something new. So yeah, definitely keen to have a go. Good. Well, in that case then, so we've got the core box in front of us. We've got some cool sleeves as well off to one side. So Ben, behind you, there's a knife if you want to grab that. Trust me. Yeah. I've got a table between us, so you're allowed <laughs> to have a knife. So let's get the wrapping off this one then. So it's a pretty nifty box. It's one. It's uh, so hold, on, hold on. I don't know if you're allowed this, mate. This is What's 12 it plus. 12 plus. Ah. Oh. He's going to start being funny already. We haven't even got in yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about the size of Start Collecting. So, chunky bit of kit. Set in the Warhammer Age of Sigma realms. Yeah, it's wow. a nice little touch, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's quite similar to the other kind of get started boxes you'd get. Typical pictures on the back of the, the models and the layout. It's quite cool that they put the models in the colour of the plastic rather than just having painted miniatures all over it which is yep. quite a nice touch yeah just so definitely. for people opening the very first box of minis so they actually understand what it's going to look like well this is this is just another one of these great entry point things that games mm. we're doing so if you're not into miniatures painting because there are lots of games at the moment you know x-wing has done phenomenally well you don't have to paint those miniatures yeah. um so it doesn't create that barrier um so this is sort of, I suppose, Games Workshop's middle ground on that because they're not pre-painted, but there is yeah, definition. Yeah, so they're, 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 they're a miniatures company, but from what I can see in the boxes, they look detailed enough that they still look like nice minis, even if you don't want to paint them. thing is, you can be a minis company with great games, yeah. and that's what's really exciting at the moment. So, let's have a look inside, if I can get it open. Incidentally, I love the artwork. Absolutely, yeah, I'm quite impressed. So, there's Stormcast in the middle and the bottom, so it's it's not the I don't know their name sort of yet, but it's that corn guy is about to get squashed by that hammer. That hammer is huge. No, no, look, that guy is going to cut him in half first. No, not a chance, yeah, he is, yeah, he is. Right, so let's put that over there. Um, so first things first, we've got the game boards. So, again, where's the knife gone? What'd you do with it? Lost the knife. There's another one. There That's goes. okay. Luckily, someone that collects corn, there's always a knife. <laughs> Don't tell anyone about the axes. So, just trying to cut my way in. So, usual stuff from Games Workshop. Really good card stock. Which is... Uh, yeah, so all the tokens. Got the tokens. Nicely detailed. Really high quality printing, but the the typical kind of push out cards that if anyone's ever done any of their other games, we've seen before. So. Look at these cool objectives. There's like a warp, yeah. warp stone. Oh, look at this thing of blood with the skull in it, man. <laughs> yeah, corn players. That's amazing. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, That's look. nice though. It's all, but even got like, oh, the skulls yeah, and the stuff skull like the, and some like kind of badass looking helmet. Elf. Mm. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah, that's something different, isn't it? I do quite like the numbers on the outside as well, rather than have a big, bold something in the middle. It's quite obviously what numbered type objectives they are. Yes. So. Yeah. I, I, I like this one. Look, this is for the D&D players. There's a D20 as an objective. <laughs> that's excellent. Oh, and, and some gold, gold for the dwarves. For the dwarves. Yeah. Shade glass as well, yeah. linking in with the background. Who's that supposed to be? That's different. So we've got well, a face on one of them. like the image? Look, is that the Shade using... Spire one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
I might back that up with some evidence at some point. <laughs> I don't know. So we got all of those. So they're pretty cool. Um, looks like there's some effect tokens as well, doesn't there? Yeah. So, so I remember. So I said I watched a video earlier. So these are different things. So you've got attack and defense and stuff like that. So they obviously key up to what you're doing. Yeah. So yeah, you keep track of the miniatures throughout the game. Sweet. Oh, there's that face. Yeah, so it is the... There we go. So the game boards then. So apparently these are... So one is sort of corn related. Is that the case? I don't know. I think they've all got their own little scheme. So the double-sided, we've got two that fold out. Yeah. Um, This one... I've got one here that's like like a mausoleum, so lots of tombs. Oh, I, I can't think of anything that's going to be coming out. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> might fit that. Yeah. yeah. And the other side, I don't know what, what are we looking at. So there's like a stairway with a dais in the middle or something like that. Either way, the detail. And there's quite clearly pretty... some areas that are blocked off, isn't there? Yeah. And we've got some symbols and other ones, which may be a projected place in. We'll find out, I'm sure. Yeah. So this one's got one big area of uh, of darkness. And that's cool. That is very cool. The artwork is incredible. It's so inspirational. I I recently um saw a 3D version of the Gore Chosen board that someone uh, yeah, had done. Yeah. And um and Ben, other Ben, um <laughs> said about doing that but for this. For Shade Spire. I yeah. think it, yeah, if you could I think because it's all Every single part of it. That's the natural hobbyist coming out, isn't it? It's yeah. like it's the quick play game. But what we could do, do is, is sculpt just... it. But you can set these up in all sorts of ways, these boards. Yeah, so I think the idea... So you've got... Um... Well, maybe not that way. So you've got... Yeah, the six-sided shapes on, all, on basically cover almost every inch. And they match up on each side. So when you place them, you could match them up in different angles, and different sides. I think you're allowed to, from what I understand even like that so you can so it, that's where it becomes tactical so as long as that the shapes match up oh right you can, i see you yeah can alter it by doing so you can make little like difficult to get through bits so yes. if you're like the stormcast and real defensive you can narrow how work the gap through so they yeah. have to fight you to get past sweet so little thing so it's another so when they've said it's their most strategic game yet everything i've seen so far points towards it which is very cool oh so I just picked up the rule book <laughs> and underneath is the minis. So that's when the real excitement's coming. So, um, right, let's go. Oh, oh, so Stormcast on there top. There we go. Stormcast on top. Oh, that's disappointing. I can't play this game. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, so we've got one screw for each of the forces. Yeah. I'm looking at the bases. So if Dan said anything about me, I know I'm a little bit obsessed with bases and minis. And I'm so... It's cool to see sculpted bases. Oh, do you know what's ace? They're themed to the what they're who yeah, they are as yeah. well. So the corn ones are covered in skulls and like a cracked earth thing going on. Yeah, and these ones, so there's a lot of paving. You've got a few looks like statue details on there as well. Yeah, so there's a few skulls just tucked underneath and a bit of armor vines, but they still fit next to each other as well. So they've got their own theme, but they don't look so dissimilar. That no, they definitely fit, don't they? Yeah. It's in. Look at the side of that hammer. <laughs> That's the guy with someone <laughs> That's on the front insane. of the box. If he hits someone, you, there that ain't anything insane. left. In. So what's really what's really cool is, despite the coloured plastic, it's not like this is proper detailed hard plastic. Yeah. So stuff, it's what isn't it? 
as we've seen last copy, every starter set and every push fit model they've done over, I don't know, last almost 10 years now, the amount of detail is on them. And these are just another step up. If wow. anything else, aren't they? Look at, so even on the chainmail and the Stormcast, look how detailed that is. Yeah. That's fantastic. From something that's not a multi-part. That's amazing, plastic, isn't it? Yeah. That is amazing. And they look simple to put together. Like this looks simple enough. They're all numbered clearly as you'd expect. Yeah. So if you are picking up your first box of minis, like you could put these together in seconds. Pair of clippers, push them together. Yeah, they're, they look good. Sweet. It is. Let's go back to the rule book then yeah. that we, we put to one <laughs> side. So, right, so on the back is the push fit example. Yeah. Um, re really good for uh, for Ben Hall, uh, the other P, because he's uh, he's quite simple. So it's uh, <laughs> it's good to have these guys for him. So that's great. Um, we'll just get into that. So obviously everything's wrapped up as you'd expect. Oh, right, okay, so we've got an assembly guide, separate. What's that? Just a thick, yeah, a pretty sturdy piece of uh, piece of card that's separate with the read this first assembly guide on. Yeah, the normal stuff you get from Games Workshop, really simple. Well, Games Workshop has, have also done, they've released this week as well, if you ever, if you are unsure, if you want, maybe like you said, if it's your first game that you want to pick up, they've done instruction for how to put your models together. And they mm. build both things, which is quite cool. No, that's good. But these are pretty clear anyway. And yeah. then there's a quick start sheet, which is half the size of the Age of Sigmar rules at two pages. <laughs> <laughs> so that's quite cool. Um, set, oh, so yeah, you just start you off with four fighters, um, runs you through playing the game, moving a fighter, making an attack. Rolling defences, charging, action phase, defence, pass, end phase, victory. Very simple game mechanics, just like a demo game, isn't it, I suppose, to get you first up. Yeah. For those of us too excited, you know. I think that's where we're going to start. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's like, this is what they need in IKEA kits for putting together stuff <laughs> for men. What quick the, start. The quick, quick start IKEA guide to building a set of drawers. <laughs> There's going to be someone out there who says, like, they're as simple as you're going to get, lads. You need to sort yourselves out. That's right. <laughs> I have to be honest, though. When I build an IKEA kit, I uh, I always get everything out and line it all up anyway, because that's how my head works. Which is weird, because uh, in my hobby room, there's just stuff everywhere. Say, yeah, there's not an inch to move, is there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've dropped the quick start guide. So that is definitely how we'll start our first game. So we'll tell you how that gets, how we get on with that when we do that. Um, rule book. Is stunning. Yeah. Wow. Look at the artwork. Wow. Yeah. So everybody who's a fan of Games Workshop has seen, the artwork's always been amazing. The last couple of years, it's just gone. That is amazing, isn't like, the it? The guys, whoever they've got doing this stuff is well beyond that. Yeah. So on this third page intro book, you've got a full page of the... The shattered glass. They've done this in a different way previously, haven't they? I think. Yeah, they did it to but... yeah to tease some factions. But this is like a whole style. So you've got all sorts in the pictures. So we've got Nagash's face. What? Oh, a... So this is. So if I'm right from the fluff, this is an old city. Nagash has trapped the souls inside of it, and he draws more people and factions into it. So looking at that. 
that the reason he does this, he gets jealous of the people in there because of the stuff that they've learned. Yeah, so they man so the cataphranes they're called, guys, and it? that's it. And they manage to cheat death. Yeah. And the gash is like, well, no, I'm not having that. And he tears the soul out of the entire city. And then I believe the glass contains like shades of of them of the, the yeah, souls yeah. that he's taken. So that's what this is portraying, isn't it? You've got the different individuals and some of the, those people in there, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So, very cool. Oh, there's yeah. the one that they teased with some other factions. So we've got um, quite clearly got Fire Slayers um, and Skaven, and we know we've got Oryx coming and um, the the Sepulchral Guard. I think they're called. Yeah. So they're coming out. So we know if we go by that, there's at least another two. There's at least two more. Sure. I don't know if you've seen, um, but the the upgrade packs are seventeen pound fifty. That's alright. Yeah. You get cards as well, so you get yeah, new yeah, decks. Yeah. So it's not just your miniatures. No. So that's yeah, pretty cool, that's isn't right. it? Yeah, I've got no issues with that. So, oh, oh, there's actually a bit more detail about the faction. So you've got Steelheart Champions and the Far Striders, Garrick's Reavers and more Magor's Fiends. So that sounds like we're going to see more for the Stormcast and yeah, the yeah. Corn. Iron Skull's Boys, the Chosen Axes, which are the Fire Slayers, the Sepulchral Guard, and Spite Claws Swarm. So already a bit of a a mix to start out with. Different, you know, be different playstyles and stuff in that introduction. And just tells you what you should expect to find in the box, as you would normally find. Then you go into and just core going through and the game, game sequence. And then the breakdown of what the cards are and everything like that, yeah. Yeah. Looks well laid out as well. Yeah, it looks easy to follow, hopefully. Well, we also will know more when we read it, but it looks as though you can, rather than having to flick back and forth between all the pages, you can just follow this through. And it's quite clearly set up round one, action phase, end phase. Round two, action phase, end phase. So you can already see that very solid this is the rules this is how it works, that you need yeah. when you've got this type of game that's good no wooliness not any wooliness here so the last thing we I'm want just is looking this forward. is going to be their most tactical game ever the last thing we need is first play people will do is well what happens now I found a bit that says multiplayer games and they've got four of the boards put together yeah, because it says two to four players, doesn't it, as well? Ah, so, so this is how it summer. gets you into Age of Sigmar. It's just going to keep building on the board. <laughs> That's it. Keep going. Oh, and a glossary in the back. Excellent. What's it got? Space Wolves. Mutant <laughs> Heretics with beards. Oh, I, I see. Oh, yeah, excellent. It's very accurate, this. Very accurate. And reference on the back. So, very cool. Let's put that to one side. What else have we got in the box? Dice! Yes! Very, Nifty little dice yeah. that are very different. No no numbers. No dots, no numbers. I'm just opening them. I can't wait. <laughs> i just got to get these dice out. Right. So we, got, whoa, we got some hammers. I got some hammers. And a shield. Summon outs. So these are support. Are they? Yeah, so you've got one side which is that support, and then if you've got um, your characters next to each other, and there should be one of a double on somewhere. Like that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 
So they had to do with how many players you can have like supporting each other. And that one with a warning symbol looks like one you wouldn't want to roll, or I think that you, you really it's would. A critical. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. So it depends on different stages whether you want more criticals or. Now less. that's interesting. So presumably these are attack dice and these are defense dice because there's there's five white dice and only three black dice. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. know. It's funny, we got the rule book, but yeah, I'm just going to decide what I think it anyway. that how it works. <laughs> this is, that's it. Ah, brilliant. Yeah, so you've got five attack dice, which are your white ones, and three defense dice. Yeah. There you go. It's like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, looking at the cards, this is really cool. There's... On the f the first card that you come across that you can actually read before you even open the decks of cards tells you what you've got in your hand. So, for example, the Blood Reavers one says, "Open this when you play your first game." This pack includes fighter cards, an objective deck, and a power deck for the Blood Reavers. Yeah, and this is exactly the same, but for the Liberators. Yeah. And then a third one says, "Don't open this until you've played a few games." This pack includes extra objective cards and power cards you can use to construct new decks for each warband. Yeah, brilliant. That is fantastic. Yeah, that stops you getting all. Far too confused and actually enjoy a couple of games. So and yeah, and not get overwhelmed. Which oh, was oh. my primary concern, I think, with a deck building game because I hadn't done it before. Yes. So that yeah, moment, that's, that's, I, got, I just uh, got very excited because <laughs> I found some Ziploc bags <laughs> to keep everything together. So that's very useful. <laughs> that's very useful, Ziploc bags. Brilliant. Um, and then at the bottom of the box, we've got... There's a... This was just the beginning. Well, if this was the beginning, what on earth have I spent all my money on for 20 years? Because that is insane. <laughs> <laughs> that piece of art is amazing. Yeah, uh, so this right, is your here typical... We go. So this, this is your... Now, that, I love that, look. Sigma. But it's not, it's, not like, it's not like, oh, you could buy this, you could buy that. There's just no, a no, double-page no, spread of Corn versus Stormcast. It is, it, to be fair, it's a starter set. It's a starter box contents. Yeah, but it just looks nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it is. That is cool. cool. Get started in minutes. Keep fighting forever. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! So, and and I think I think we've got to the bottom of the box, which is still a rather nifty. It's such a nice box, even. I mean, I know I get excited. <laughs> people, are, people are used to my excitement, but you know, this box is really nice. <laughs> well, well, haven't you previously talked about your excitement about a cardboard box? A cardboard box? With a uh, certain special edition. Oh, yeah, the cardboard <laughs> box of that. Yeah, the um, the general generals. It was the general's yeah, handbook, warlord edition or something like that. Oh, the sepulchral guard are on the side. Yeah, and we've got the uh, Iron Skulls boys on the other side. Oh, dude, look at those. <laughs> oh, mate, that one looks like it's from Jason and the Argonauts. That one there. Yeah. Classic. Look at that guy. Oh dearie me! I love they just each spent so much time individually posing them. If New Death looked this good, everyone. <laughs> well, that that model that they previewed looks yeah. amazing, doesn't it? So we've also yeah. got. Um, I also picked up uh, because I just have this urge to have everything. Um, some what 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 are even are have I, have I bought? Garrett's Reaver's sleeves, so protective sleeves for the cards. Yeah, um, we've got steel hearts ones, which have got a nice symbol, so always sensible choice. So there's some blank ones in there. 
Mm. Ah, so yeah, because we got when you're playing the game, you've got two decks, right? So you've got objective deck and you've got like a power deck, right? So we've we got two different symbols. There you go. So you've got different oh. colours, so they're slightly different. Oh yeah. And then oh. we've got a couple of clear ones because I believe your character cards have two different sides. Yes, they do, don't they? Because they get really angry. Yeah, well, in your case, or, you know, just decided that they're badass enough they're going to squash more corn guys in Stormcast. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Right, well, this all looks very, very cool. Um, Oh, Ben's just pointed across to remind me that I've also got some of the snazzy little... Because you are a fanboy and you bought it really straight away without <laughs> asking any questions, you get these nifty cards that have got a shattered effect on them. So if you tip that into the light. Yeah, that's just for... That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, they're really going on this shade glassy thing. Casters the Chained. Blooded Sec. Targor. Arnulf. You got Ober on the Bold, Angharad Bright Shield, uh, Severin Steelheart. Yeah, and I've got Garrett Gorebeard yeah. as well. Woohoo! Angharad Bright Shield. Yeah, fair enough. Ha! That's nice. That's that... a nice little touch, isn't it? The things you get. That Garrett Gorebeard looks a little bit like when uh, Ben found that Elowin had painted his models. Um, (laughs) at that time he was livid just like that (laughs) so yeah they get inspired that's what it is so you you turn it over so sweet well that's um that's the box we've gone down through uh clearly we're very excited thanks ben for joining me um hopefully you're excited about painting up these uh the stormcast yeah and i'm gonna crack on with these corn um and then we'll have a game so over the next um next week two weeks guys look out for posts we'll be putting up posts following the progress pictures of what we're we're up to with these and then of course playing some games so if you've got it yourself if you have decided to dive in please you know share your pictures get them up there you can go on to instagram it's hashtag two piece painting we've also got twitter going as well um that's hashtag the two piece podcast um and there's obviously facebook as well that old hat uh, and you can just you can just post stuff up in there. Either put it as a comment um, on the bottom of some of this uh, that Ben and I are putting up, or stick it up as a post, and we'll get it up there. So yeah, really really cool. Thank you very much, Ben. Much. Guys, enjoy. Cool. So hopefully, guys, you enjoyed that little insight into uh, the level of excitement uh, when opening a new game. Um, Ben, are you are you likely to be picking up the Shade Spire, or are you just going to follow along? I am picking it up, yeah, definitely, yeah. Ah, oh, fantastic! I'm looking forward to uh, playing the Orcs actually, because um, do you know what I say that? But I was watching a video by um, Mini Wargaming, and they were using the uh, the undead, and I oh man, I love those models. <laughs> they're good, aren't they? Do you? Yeah, um, they're really nice. So yeah. I uh, I popped down to to Big today. Yeah. Bristol Independent Gaming, and I've been given a Shadespire launch day invitation, which is fantastic because it's shaped in the sort of mirror, a uh, uh, shape of a mirror, and it's yeah. shiny like the Shades glass stuff. Oh, cool! Did, did Jim make that? No, no, that's a Games Workshop thing that they've. Oh, they, right. It's obviously part of the promotional, yeah, promotional material. And I've got a cool poster um, with 
with the Stormcast Eternal guy on it. Yeah. Which looks ace, so I'm very excited by that. Um, he now, is why... a bit of a poster boy. He is a bit of a poster boy. I was told today he looks slightly like me. Okay. I'll, I'll go with go. that. Yeah. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. <laughs> So, but while I was in there, um, we were talking about there's some little Christmas guides that have started popping up. Um, and in there, it's got the price point for the the expansion packs. So the the Oryx and the um, the Dead. Yeah. Do you have you do you know what the price point is? No. What do you reckon? Twenty quid. Very close. Seventeen pound fifty. Shut up, really. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> it's really cool. So, that yeah, is really good. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was really very surprised by the price it. of the actual box. Yes. It's, a, yeah. it's a, another big game, board game, for 40 quid. I mean, even if you compare it against other games like Doom, for example, that's cheap. That really is cheap. Well, it's all about that a- a- access, isn't it? Yeah. I'm really excited about it, actually, because watching people play it, it sound it looks really fast once you've got the rules down, so it it looks like a game that also looks like a game that Joe will play with me. So quite excited about it. Good. Well, um probably by the time this comes out I will have played some of it, but you can hear all about that in the uh, in episode eleven. So until then guys, thank you for joining us in the Mortal Realms, and we shall head off into the community. Hi guys, welcome back. Um, hope you're refreshed. We're going to um, go into the community this time uh, now and uh, talk about um, a group of guys who do a podcast uh, just down the road from me in Plymouth, um, Sustain Fire. So Sustain Fire is essentially the other half of the guys who worked with us at Games Workshop, aren't they, Dan? They are. I think it's important that we say at this point, dude, that uh, welcome to Sustain Fire, brother, because I love their intro. So I just need to put that out there. <laughs> Who do you reckon does that voice? Who do I reckon does that voice? David Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it's Sean. Do you? I don't yeah, know. I do. There's I not enough expletives and talking about my mum in there. <laughs> <laughs> so the sustained fire is Andy, Sean and Brad. <clears throat> um, I worked with Andy. He was one of the first... He was one of the, the full-time staff members there when I started as a as a as a part-timer. And I got I got robbed or mugged by Andy repeatedly. Every time he every came time in. I went in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Andy was, was really inspirational about things. encouraging me to to join. Um, although he'd left yeah. by the time I did, you know, we talked about it a few times. He might not even remember, yeah. but he was. So. Yeah, he was a real presence. And he's a real presence on the podcast too. Oh. I think it's great. Oh, so um, he's, he's really a chap passionate. I... He's like the tactical guy, isn't he? Yeah, he is. No, no offense to, to Sean and Brad, but um... oh, he's uh, he's played in uh, on Twitch in Warhammer TV as well with his uh, with his Chaos Army. Cool in the London GT. So um... oh, he's been talking about going to that again um, on their episode seven, which has just come out. He's he's talked about um, the list he used against you when you played uh, and. When you say played, well, you got. I set my around. models up on the table, yeah. and uh, and then took them back off again. 
<laughs> That's what happens. That's it. Yeah. So he's the tactical guy. Sean. Uh, Brad. What Brad? Okay, no, Brad's Sean. not the tactical guy. No, Brad is not the tactical guy. <laughs> Brad, <laughs> Brad, Brad is the uh, is the um, black library man. Black library, black library guy, Brad. Isn't he? Yeah. he is. He black loves his Brad. books, doesn't he? Really passionate about his books. Um, really passionate about any project he gets into. Really, his background knowledge is just—it's just ridiculous. It's, it's really phenomenal. And having a conversation with him about, and because we quite often talk about the Blood Angels, I mean, and. Um, because I was never a Blood Angels fan, and then recently you started talking a lot about them after I read uh, the book whose name I have forgotten, where uh, Horace sends Sanguinius off theater to that planet. Tread. Basically, yes, that theatre tread changed my mind about Blood Angels completely. Um, we were talking about that and the return of Sanguinius and whether or not it's going to happen. Watch this space. <laughs> um, don't think it will personally, but I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility. No, I but, don't um, either. Hmm. That's probably a good one. We could talk to we could get Brad to come up or to you and talk about that, I think. So yeah, that'd Brad be cool. is your black library man. And if if you want a solid, good fight in a dustbin, Sean's your dude. <laughs> Sean is your dude. One foot in a bin, Sean. I am calling you out now, Sean. So hopefully you guys will go back and listen to some stay to same fire. And in a recent episode, they called us out uh for for some gaming. But what Sean didn't mention is the number of times we have taken one foot, put it in a bin, and fought it out. Does it sounds mental, and it actually is. Um, so yeah, I'm calling you out, Sean. You find a dustbin. You name the just date in the case time. people are wondering. Let's do whether, a vlog where Dan has gone mad. Um, this was something that happened when they worked together, where they both put their foot in the bin and sort their differences out. <laughs> yes, and then you wrestle, but you've both got a foot trapped in the bin. And I remember when Mike. Our, our manager came and found us wrestling in a dustbin um, and was like, guys, you need to stop. And we thought he was joking. And it turned out about five minutes later when we were both answering for our behaviour that he wasn't joking. <laughs> 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 but it was good fun. No. And uh, yeah, and Sean, I know he's playing with Dark Eldar at the moment. And he always used to love, he, he is, loved yeah. his Lizardmen. I remember when Lizardmen came out, if you came into that shop, you left with something, Lizard Man. It was ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but really, three, three really passionate guys um, love their stuff. Uh, they're doing a question and answers sessions at the moment. So they've started it with episode seven, which came out yesterday or the day before. Uh, so you can jump on their Facebook. They've got a Facebook page. Um, we'll obviously get links to all this in there. And you can ask them questions and then they'll talk about them in, in upcoming episodes. So that's really good. Um, and yeah, they're, they're just definitely worth a listen. Um, and then when we have our mighty battles, you can all pick a side. Oh, what? <laughs> Yeah, that's not on because you know we realise that essentially these ten episodes of two peas in a pod have been us demonstrating that it, realistically we haven't got a clue what we, we do when know it comes what's to going play. on. Please side <laughs> with us. Please side with us. We're going to get beaten. Literally that's why I'm calling out about a, a dustbin. Okay. Well, so what? So if we lose I think game, we we'll should have a dustbin. competition, right? We should have a competition based on who looks the most badass in chainmail armor. And reenactment weapons, but you have to bring your own because you've got loads of that stuff. And who can eat the most KFC in one sitting? Right. I will win. I don't know. I think. Um... Hang on. No. Well, what do you mean? I don't know. 
you're supposed to be on my side. <laughs> so anyway, to sum up, definitely give Sustain Fire a listen. They are also on Podbean. We will get the links up. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Any more undermining of my KFC eating you want to do? Well, I know. I was just going to say that <clears throat> Andy is a mighty KFC eater. <laughs> he could put aside a bucket of that, no problem at all. Well, well we shall test that theory. Probably after so, the bin wrestling, because otherwise there could be some vomiting. Is this when we go out to Warhammer World and play them at there? Because every time you go to Warhammer World, it seems to me that you challenge yourself with something on Bugman's menu. Yeah. And that hasn't gone well on both occasions. No. Well, the first time it was <laughs> it was the cooking, and the second time I was just an idiot, so it's not good. Well, the third time lucky, eh? Third time. Right, moving on, dude. We need to announce something pretty awesome, don't we? Do we? <clears throat> Apparently so. So we did a competition um, where we asked people to get involved with our Facebook page, uh, and if you did that, we would pop you in a drawer and see whoever the winner was would get a start collecting box of their choice. Um, and we did that to try and coerce you into listening to what we do, uh, getting involved on the Facebook page, um, hopefully liking, commenting on some of the posts and just try and build the community. So thank you all for getting involved. Um, we have chosen our winner randomly from all of you lovely people. Um, ben, go on. You can do the, uh, the honours. Can I now? Yeah. Okay. Well, the winner um, is Daniel Lowe. Insert clapping here, Ben. So, yeah, well done, Dan. That's really good. We're really pleased for you, obviously. So what we will do is we will send you a uh, a message to let you know. Uh, Hopefully you'll hear it on the podcast because you're obviously now an avid and keen listener. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We'll get in touch with you. Find out which one you want. um, Get get an address and get it off to you. Hopefully then when you've got it together, painted, we can get some pictures up on the site as well. That'd be really ace. So thank you all for getting involved. Um, Hopefully you won't all just migrate away now, um, having not got the set and you've enjoyed uh, listening in. Um, Yeah, I think that's it really on that, isn't it, dude? I think so. Yeah, I think for us, we were a little bit overwhelmed by the number of people who came to the page because of the competition. And we hope that one of the things we're really happy with is that we've managed to create a community um, and that's always been part of or the biggest part of what we do um, and why we want to do it is we want to build a a community Um, and it's really awesome having you guys interacting with us and talking about you know responding to our our posts um, and sharing them about and uh, and and we absolutely love seeing what you guys get up to so um, many thanks for coming to see us and we hope you've enjoyed being there because we like i've said before we've loved having you yeah and absolutely. we hope it's something you know for a long future of 2p madness the hobby is is really ace to sit down and paint and stuff but there's nothing quite like being able to share that um i mean obviously yeah, we think that because we've chosen to do a podcast but yeah it's, it's just great to share it isn't it the passion and, and what you've created get some feedback really ace there's nothing better in in my mind than watching someone's face where they turn up to a club as they're unpacking their army, especially when it's someone you know and you know that they've done something new and you can see that glint in their eye that they're, they're just itching to get it out and for everyone to come and go, oh, that looks really good, mate. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Absolutely love it. I can see it in their faces when it's about to happen and I, I love it. It's one of my favourite things. I used to love it in Games Workshop when I worked there and... um. 
the things that come out of the minds of children. Um, one of the things I've noticed was that kids would say, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to stick a heavy bolter on his arm and then I'm going to do, you know, he's going to have power swords as fingers and you'd be like, oh, okay. And then they'd bring something in and show you and you could see the, the sheer excitement as they take this abomination out of their box. <laughs> but But there'll be parts of that which are just phenomenal. You look at it and you think, that is so going on my next conversion. And the, you know, those ideas and the, that excitement of coming into the store. And, and it's the same. It never changed all the way through. You get adults, 50, 60-year-old adults would come in with their latest project to show the staff members. And, and they get out of their box and you can watch their face. Brilliant. Love it. And it's the same, I think, on Facebook in a sense. Although you don't get to watch them. I can almost feel the excitement when people have posted their, their latest models. You know, they're so proud of them that they've, you know, they've had the, the energy to post them and, and literally, you know, bear their models to the world and go, look, this is what I've done. And crikey, every time I post a model, I'm nervous. Um, so I guess other people must feel the same or maybe they don't. That's but... the lovely thing about, uh, well, I really enjoy about model of the day. It's just celebrating yeah. what somebody's done because people put hours of work into stuff and, and uh, you know, and it's incredible. And you see some really great, really great stuff. The there's the um, <clears throat> thalmaturge that went up recently. Wow, just awesome, just an awesome color scheme of one I hadn't thought of. You know, it's just really great. Yeah, really, really good to see. Um, really enjoy sharing that stuff. So um, yeah, and I, do you know what? I, I find um, Instagram and Twitter both really good for seeing other people's work as well. Instagram probably better. Um, so there it is. Yeah, that's that's that little bit. So congratulations, um, congratulations, Daniel, and uh, we'll be Thanks, sending mate. your box out in the post. Final thing I want to talk about is um, I have been looking for. I got in a bit of a strop about this, um, the Curse of the Wolfen, for a long, long time for a reasonable price, um, because Games Workshop just stopped selling it, which is why I'm going to get in a strop, and I have been in a strop about it. Um, because it's, I think it was a key part of the storyline, and certainly the second book in the series was, um, the launch pad for Magnus. So you'd think that they'd keep selling the first one, um, but they didn't. And then the eighth edition came out, and they haven't done them as a as a twin pack, which I thought they might do. Um, so Curse of the Wolfen, I've been keeping my eyes out for it, and I found it in Mad for Miniatures in St Austell. Um which is a cracking little shop in the middle of a market. Um, it's got a lovely open area to play games in. Um, and they've got a whole bunch of stuff from the old editions that they're, that they're selling off for pretty reasonable prices. Um, and I found it there. So I was very excited about that. Um, and this is a shout-out for Mad for Miniatures. Uh, if you live in, in or around St Austell or south of Cornwall, um, then they're a cracking little shop. They've got a massive range of form Games Workshop stuff, um, and X-Wing and a few other things too. Um, and lots of Magic the Gathering. Uh, so if, you, if you're in or local, search them out, because um, I don't think you'll be disappointed. No, it's a treasure trove. I've been down there. I dragged Harriet in there. I was like, oh, we <laughs> must go and visit St. Austell, that famous oh, travelling point where all the, all the uh, tourists like to go. <laughs> uh, and uh, Joe jo even bought something as well. Did she? Yeah, she bought... Um, X-Wing flying bases for all the ones she broke of mine. 
Great. Well, maybe so, yeah. she can speak to Harriet and convince her to buy me a new Apple TV remote after it fell off the off the side. Off the side? Is that all that it took to break it? Mm. Oh dear. <laughs> should we move, hey, hey, these should we move on from there? Yeah, let's <laughs> um, before we before we leave the community, dude, I just want to give a shout out to um, Games Workshop in Coventry. So uh, Coventry UK, uh, the Games Workshop there is moving. Uh, Dave Wright, great friend. Um, I know Dave from when I worked in Games Workshop. He is the manager up there. So I will be travelling up there on the 4th of November uh, in the afternoon to visit Dave, see how his grand reopening is going. Um, loads of stuff going on up there on the day. Opportunity to get that rather cool uh, Space Marine Captain and also then access to the collector's card so you can get the chaplain. Um, so I'll be popping up there, hopefully getting an interview with Dave. Really good of him to to offer to do that. And if randomly anybody that's listened to this happens to be in Coventry and pops along, that'd be fantastic. It'd be really good to meet anyone that's up there. Um, but definitely worth popping along uh, and seeing Dave, seeing the new store. Um, and maybe even buying some models. No. No. <laughs> well, I can't. No. I'm supposed to be slimming down the collection. <laughs> ah, it's apart from you, by the, yeah. the captain. Yeah, apart from that. <laughs> well, it's some things you've got to have. Um. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So we are going to move into our final section now, which is Into the Wilds. So, guys, you've nearly made it all the way through. Um. Thank you very, very much for listening. We will catch you in the wilds. See you in a bit, guys. Welcome to the wilds. It's getting late. It's getting late. <laughs> it's nearly I'm Halloween. It, dude. <laughs> so we are going into the wilds. There was some exciting news um, yesterday, I think. Yesterday? It was today, fella. Or was it today? Yeah. Today. Today. Exciting news today um, that Ben and I wanted to talk about. And that is an announcement that Games Workshop has uh, partnered up with WizKids um, or you know, released its IP to WizKids to produce some new stuff. Which is cool. But not everyone thinks it's cool. Ben. No, not everyone thinks no. it's cool, do they, Ben? I'm not sure where I stand with it, to be honest, because I'd, uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because I think we need to know what, what the partnership is going to be about. Because when it comes to models, WizKids aren't great. Well, it says here, WizKids will create two new board games along with dice games based in the Warhammer yeah. 40,000 universe with additional plans to republish classic board games Fury of Dracula and Relic. So that'll be interesting because Relic... Yeah, Relic is massively popular. And Relic is a beautiful game. Yeah. As done yeah. by Fantasy Flight. Yeah, which is interesting. It? it must mean that Games Workshop hold the rights to that rather than Fantasy Flight. I don't... Yeah. I wonder if we'll see re-releases of things like Talisman. Well, I expect the game mechanic would be different. I expect Fantasy Flight have the game mechanic yeah and it'll just be the back yeah because i as as i understand it so whiz kids make star trek attack wing don't they and the dungeons and dragons dragon dogfighting thing and they use the rule the the rules yeah. are from x-wing and i believe that they they i i think that is owned by fantasy flight but whiz kids have something oh, going right. where they can use it um i might be wrong um 
don't mind being wrong. But I think that's... It's certainly interesting. I mean, um, I suppose what what's interesting for me about it is WizKids is quite a big company and they're in a lot of shops. Um, yeah. In high street kind of... I don't want to say geek shops, but you get, you know what I mean, like Forbidden Planet and stuff like that. You know, there's... Um, and you've got a, a quite a big one down in Bristol, haven't you? Yeah, yeah we got Forbidden Planet. It's massive. And it's ace. Those kind of shops stock a lot of WizKid stuff, I mean, because they make the models for Dungeons and Dragons, and they make the models for um, they make Marvel stuff as well, don't they? So, um, what it will do, and I think it's quite a clever move from Games Workshop, is to get GWIP into those shops via WizKids. I think that's quite clever. Yeah, absolutely. And so Heroclix is the number one selling collectible miniatures game in the world. Is that true? Um, with se- yeah, 750 million figures and counting, Heroclix is the most purchased collectible miniatures game on the market. Well, that 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 is stunning. So me, actually, for me, that, that yeah, I would have yeah. argued until I was blue in the face that Games Workshop was the biggest um, miniatures producer. Well, there we go. So th- so that is a huge. There we go. So, interestingly, right, I think, for me, this is all about, like, what you just said about getting products in. This is about accessibility and different people that that play different types of games or different genres finding yeah. Games Workshop you know, in the sim. But what's really cool is, whereas the IP for computer games, and we've spoken about this before, about the challenge of getting people that are computer gamers to come over to yeah. hobby collecting this is aimed at people that already enjoy collecting yeah. miniatures at, but introducing them and bringing them into the games which by p i think it's fantastic for growing games workshop and its reach do i am i personally excited about the products that will be made i don't know yet um based on the things that i've had uh the chance to get you know look at um miniatures wise yeah. so the star trek attack wing game not particularly um, because the miniatures for me they don't they don't tick tick the box um because pre painted I don't think they're up to the standard no, of the not, Star definitely. Wars stuff. Um don't have a problem with pre painted, but I don't think they're up to that standard. Um so you know, I'm not excited I'm not like, oh let's see what miniatures they make. But I am intrigued. And what's really cool, or what I believe and um, might be miles off the mark is Obviously, games which produce some really nice uh, board games. Yeah. So the question might be, why are they they sourcing out? Yeah, I mean that is really games? interesting, isn't it? I mean, especially. I, I, but what I think, uh, uh, sorry, I, I, I'm getting in me flow <laughs> now. Um, I think, <laughs> I think that is based around production yeah. capacity, and because uh, if the design studio designing Gore Chosen, Lost Patrol, Silver Tower, Overkill, Space Hulk. What they're not doing is working on Necromunda, Battlefleet Gothic, um, Mordheim, Epic. Those games. Yeah, absolutely. That are classic Games Workshop miniatures games. And we, we know, or I say we know, I read on the internet, that fountain of knowledge, that, you know, Games Workshop said in their AGM and a few things have come out recently that have indicated that production capacity is a real issue because the business, I mean, you only need to look at the sales figures. It's grown massively. So until that catches up, they don't, you know, I don't, I don't think they want to be producing board games right now. I think they want to concentrate on their core games and you know expanding what, those. You know what um, is being released this weekend, don't you? Or has been. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, but that's a bridging one again, isn't it? It is, I suppose. But it's still a board game. And isn't isn't Gore Chosen? Yeah, but Gore Chosen's not being made anymore. Yeah, but I'm saying as an example, you know, those those board games that you've just listed, Lost Patrol, Save Miniatures, yeah. you know, Space Hulk. Okay, there's new miniatures in Space Hulk, but doing Space Hulk I'd put up on that list alongside Blood Bowl, Necromunda, Mordheim, it's a classic. Uh, yeah, that's true. But I'd still rather that they left board games a little bit and then just did Epic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I'd love to see more board games from Games Workshop because I've played a few of them over the last couple of months and I've loved them. I mean, Gore Chosen is great. Um, yeah, they are good, yeah. And it's it's really cool playing those games, but then I'm reminded of the fact that actually one of my favourite board games, Hero Quest, is not... is released by MB. Um, so... And so was Space Crusade with Games Workshop figures. So I think there's a lot of merit in them working with other companies and going, having, say, one guy go off and sculpt them a few models, or maybe not, um, where everyone else is focusing on the on the other stuff. Because you know, if you if I think if you did a survey of Games Workshop customers and said, okay, guys, would you rather see um, a new elf range for Age of Sigma or a new board game? I think I know the answer. Or new guard plastics, um, or a board game, mm. I think I'd know the answer to that one too. Um, so I think you're right, is what I'm getting at, in a long-winded kind of rambling sort of way. I'm just looking, because I, I don't know, I don't even know what a collectible dice game is. No. Let alone have I ever played one. So that'll be interesting. I suppose in a weird kind of way, everyone who plays war games collects dice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I- I, defi- I definitely think there's a market in it, for, well, obviously, because they wouldn't have done it that way, but for WizKids as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, like you say, getting into those places is going to be great, and anything that helps grow the hobbyists, and therefore the money that can be invested in making min- more miniatures and cooler miniatures, and yeah, it's brilliant. It's really exciting. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's really exciting. I was really, I was really kind of sad when Final Fantasy Flight took a different path. I know it was their decision, because um, they essentially wanted to make their own games, but it was sad. I think they produced some good stuff together, so I'm hoping that um, WizKids and them can have a similar sort of run of it, really. So you know you mentioned MB made HeroQuest. They published HeroQuest. I don't know who said... Or yeah. published it. I was just wondering who owns it. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's so popular, you could either go one of two ways with it. You could re-release it or leave it where it is as a as a. Well, what? Why would you leave it where it was? That's not going to make you any money. Well, in a way, that kind of nostalgia drives a lot of things, and if you re-release it, then a lot of it disappears. I mean, I suppose if you were going to redo it, then you could argue that um, the Silver Tower is Hero Quest redone. Um, so if you were going to re-release it, you'd I, for my money, you'd have to literally re-release it as it is, um, and then I think I think you'd. I think you'd lose a little bit of the specialness of it. That's my opinion. You can't see me, but I'm making my not convinced face. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. I think for some, I think for some things, it's just better that it's left where it is. If you know what I mean. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> no, I do know. What you having mean. Know, having said that, but there's, but there's always a risk, though. There's always a risk of when you revisit something, whether it will live up to the, you know, how can it live up to the memory? Well, that said, I have I have oh. played Hero Quest recently and absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's a very elegant, very cleverly made game. What's the best thing about Hero Quest? Oh, uh, 
trying to hear my son work out the word discarded. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, when they make another one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just looking across to my right and saw uh, Rogue Trader and I actually thought, well, you know, if someone had said to me a couple of years ago, wouldn't it be a good idea to re-release Rogue Trader? I don't know if I'd have said, yeah, it'd be a great idea. And yet now they have and it's fantastic. People are buying it, enjoying it, and it's kind of brought that piece of history back to life. Yeah, it's interesting because Games Workshop have have um, done it a few times recently. Re-released some of the really early stuff, and you've you've possibly heard me um, talk about uh, Ian Watson's Space Marine a few times. Yeah, Ian Watson's Space Marine is absolutely fundamental, frankly, to um, to forty k. It it's the book where Space Marines went from being chemically enhanced recruited gang members essentially to and criminals to being the genetically enhanced kind of space monks that they are now and mm-hmm. the, i remember when they re-released the book last year i think they splash released it and they did a little dit on how they'd gone about the thought process and one of the things that they said was they did think about literally sitting down and editing it so it brought it into the modern 40k universe because there's loads of stuff in there which is random as hell um the slanner in there for goodness sake um but they decided not to because it was kind of important to leave it where it was. And I think that they were, if they did Hero Quest, it would be exactly the same. Yeah. But we've gone from WizKids on to Hero Quest. I think one of the things I'm more likely, more interested to see whether they redid is Talisman. Whether WizKids did Talisman. Yeah. Because which is the effectively the it's the opposite game of Relic, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. if they're going to do Relic, I don't see why they can't do Talisman. And Talisman is is great. As featured on Big yeah. Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you're excited about it, and I'm, I'm going to remain slightly sceptical until I see some of their products, I think. Well, I'm always excited. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm like, ah, my goodness. You're the kind of guy who gets excited when you see the new release, um, those two words, and regardless of what's underneath them. <laughs> Yeah. It's a new release. It's going yeah. to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Well, I can't deny it. I am an excited guy. <laughs> and on that groundbreaking note, <laughs> I think I think we're done here. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's not much more to say about um, Fallout. Oh, there is something that's worth mentioning actually. Um, Batman Two has just been released, along with a wave of new models, um, and the models. Are really really nice. So if you're into the DC universe, um, a fancy a model game based in that kind of world, then uh, then definitely go and check that out because some of the new models are stunning. Released Good. by Knights Miniatures. Again, I'll put the links to all of that up on our show notes. Yes, you will. Alrighty, so um, we're going to call it a day. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Before we both fall asleep in our cups of tea. Yeah, sir. It's time to go take some crazy photos. Thanks for joining us, guys. See you in episode 11. Have a good week. Cheers, guys.